Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for praying for Sharon, and she's back now for DT sharing. Yeah, I'm so happy for that. So I think we will start with Sharon sharing. Okay, Isaiah 57. This is a very hopeful passage because God concludes in verse 18. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. How hopeful it is that God has seen the wayward, stubborn ways of the Israelites, but his plan is to heal them at the end, and his plan is to heal us as well at the end. However, how do we get to the healing part of God's work in us? I was thinking about the repeated word in this chapter, which is anger, having the clue to experiencing God's healing. Verse 16, For I will not condemn forever, nor will I always be angry. Verse 18, Because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him, I hid my face, and was angry. Clearly, God was angry against the Israelites and all their idolatry. Ultimately, their sins led to the fall of Israel and the captivity in Babylon. But he promises that he will not always be angry, but will heal him, lead him, restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. If we want to have a right relationship with God, we need to be able to embrace God's anger against our sins. God gets angry. He doesn't get angry like humans get angry. We're not in good mood. We cannot control our temper. We get angry when things don't go our way. God's anger is different. God patiently observes our ways. God gives us time to turn back, but His righteous anger burns when we wrong others and advantage ourselves with unjust gain. Verse 17 says, Because of the iniquity of His unjust gain, I was angry. Also, God strikes. He hides His face. But even though God is angry, He says He will not always be angry. Why? For the Spirit would grow faint before me in the breath of life that I made. Men will grow faint. Men cannot receive God's anger and live. So having pity for us, he relents his anger and decides to heal us, resulting in the fruit of the lips of our praise. One step toward this healing might be for us to acknowledge that God has every right to be angry with us and we are at God's mercy and forgiveness. I was thinking about the phrase, beggars cannot be choosers. Being such a proud human being, I remember saying things like this in my younger days. I'm thankful to God. I wish I, He answered my prayer earlier when I was feeling miserable. Or, I know my leaders love me, but I wish they explained better. I hope they can be more gentle with me. I know I've done wrong to my husband, but I hope he is more sympathetic towards me. I look back at my own demanding attitude and my anger covered in these sentences, and I feel sad how I am so demanding toward God and demanding toward others. Only when I see that man, God has every right to be angry with me for all my idols, for my sins, and genuine gratitude of thank you, God, for giving me Jesus so I can be forgiven. Thank you, my leaders, for so being patient and prayerful with me. Thank you, Chol, for covering my sins with their graciousness. I will not have so many buts, but just say thank you. How do we get to the contrite and lowly spirit? By seeing that God has every right to be angry with me. Other people have a right to be angry with me. Acknowledging God's anger as an expression of God's love for me and brought love for me brought about a lot of healing in my life, and I pray that all of us will experience God's same healing in our life. Amen. Just want to add to just one more point. Uh, the last verse, there's no peace 
for the wicked. Why is it there's no peace for the wicked? The wicked are like tossing sea, a lot of stuff inside on the bottom, and then it will come up again and again when there is a stirring force coming in. So it reminds me of a chaff that was described in Psalm 1. So in this context, the wicked is not necessarily people who did bad things, but people who refuse to confess their sins, people who refuse to repent. So if you look at God's attitude here, and God knows that we are weak, we are fragile, so He is more than ready to forgive us. As long as we come to Him and confess, right, there is a built-up highway to God. Right? Verse 14, it shall be said, build-up, build-up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. God is ready to receive us. The way is totally open to us, but yet being wicked, we refuse to go back. I recommend you to read the whole chapter because the earlier passage of this chapter talks about how persistently Israelites were holding on to their idols. Verse 10, you are wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found new life for your strength, and so you were not faint. Have I not had my peace even for a long time, and you do not fear me? So here God said, he wants to declare righteousness and grace for us. We refuse to go back to God and confess our sins. That's the definition of being wicked in this context. Okay, that concludes our DT sharing. Bye. Bye.